0: The Call is brought to you by CMC Markets, a world-leading online trading platform for CFDs and shares around the globe. Hello, and welcome back to Onsbiz Live from our Barangaroo studios, a very soggy Barangaroo studios. Uh, hopefully, you're keeping dry wherever you are around the country. It seems to be Rain and raining everywhere at the moment. So for the next hour or so, we will keep you dry and uh, run through 10 stocks that you've suggested to us. I put them to our expert panel, it's called The Call. We do it all in one hour on this Thursday, the 6th of October. And our expert panel today: Grady Wolf from uh, Bell Direct. Grady, good to see you. Good to see you too. Braving it into the studios <laughs> here through the typhoon outside. Nathan Somers and Darren, not daring to do the same from Deep Data Analytics. But, but gee, I've heard I've heard of mould growing. Of uh, you've got you're growing something on your face as well. Sort of,
2: yeah, Jeez, it's that's come along
0: quickly. Yeah, it's the first uh, sign of laziness. (laughs) (laughs) In this wet weather, I couldn't agree with you more. Great to have you aboard. And uh, on a day where the market, um, I thought it would be a pretty dodgy day on the market because the Dow didn't finish in the positive, which is all a good sign. Uh, uh, If it did, but it didn't, I thought we'd have a bit of weakness, but uh, not so so today with OPEC coming out, saying that they were... Going to cut oil price or cut oil supplies uh pushing the price up energy stocks going well so first half hour today we will uh take a look at bigger eagers of course in the automotive area uh ag uh, stock in elders john ling and oz minerals ahead of a stock of the day thought we'd take a look at appen appen has plunged after a yet another downgrade uh, for the current financial year, the data provider, AI provider, it claims it is, um, expects FY22 EBITDA to be between 13 and 18 million US dollars, and the stock is down 15% today, and that is one ugly chart. Uh, Nathan, what did you think of the downgrade? I know you always say constantly, you just you ride out downgrade cycles, you don't get into a stock until it reverses that downgrade cycle and, and maybe you look at getting in the first upgrade. Uh, this one just continues down.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a case study for quant analysis. Um, you never get into a stock after a couple of years of upgrades going into the first downgrade because you know more is coming. And once it hits multiple downgrades, you don't go in until they actually hit an upgrade and a yeah. solid upgrade. And Appen just goes from downgrade to downgrade to downgrade. Um, it's, it was a market, darling. Um, my, I guess the market didn't quite appreciate the, the risk in the model, uh, how they had a small number of big clients. And when that started to unwind, things started to get a bit ugly. Um, and they do not have the competitive advantage that most people thought. What most people package it as uh, is not what it is, it's what they do and appen at the moment is struggling and we have not seen the model turn around management really needs to do a restructure and try and get the model into a different uh, angle at, as it is now it can will continue to struggle um, and potentially someone will take it out um, at very cheap prices and put it as part of their model if things don't improve so that's the problem that you face if you're waiting for multi bagger recovery story it could probably get taken out at a very low cost. So in that context, you know, if you've been there, you held it all this way, I'm sorry for you, but the market doesn't care.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Eight year low, Grady. Horrible.
1: It's looking pretty bad. And I yeah. think Bell Potter Research, their title of the latest research is so fitting. It's waiting for it to happen. So right. we are still waiting for this stock to happen. And unfortunately, they, as we've seen with a lot of tech stocks, they've turned to recurring revenue models, which is through subscription and things like that. And it's so important to do so in this day and age. when. Tech is getting absolutely smashed on the market, especially with interest rates. So with Appen, I think that because a lot of their orders and their revenue comes from purchase orders, not recurring revenue, and those five big clients, as Nathan said, it is, they're not showing much strength at all. They're not showing us, showing investors or anyone, any outlook that's positive. So for us, it's a hold, but uh, yeah, I can't see why. Hold. A hold if you're you're in.
0: Look at that. It got up to 40 bucks. I know. 284.
1: Because
0: um, what you're, goes down must come up. Right, right. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Um, Nathan, if you're in it, would you have it as a hold or would you just cut and run? Uh, it,
2: it, it's, this is where, you know, no matter what you say, you're going to get it wrong. Right. Uh, but the, the scary part is you've taken so much pain, you're probably emotionally dis- dis- disattached from the stock. So you're probably not going to do anything at this point. You're just going to hold it and hope the management does something. And I think in a risk-weighted way, that's probably the right thing to do. You've taken such a big belting. You just got to hope that the management can do something for you.
0: Yeah, until if you make a massive profit somewhere uh, and you're sitting on big capital gains tax, then offset it with big losses from this um all right let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a, a look at and Nick wants a view uh Grady on Bega which is not only the the cheese play but has some iconic Australian uh, brands in there, spreads with Vegemite and peanut butter and the like what it do you think does of indeed
1: a big a hold rating for me at the moment um it's part of the it is a staple product we've seen the the cost prices going up um, we're not going to feel that though until FY24 so the, the company have raised their prices and they're saying they're going to feel the full fr- the full front and benefits of those higher prices in FY24 um, so at the moment they've got a lot a lot of headwinds actually in the fact of the ingredient sector the rapid downward turn of ingredients pricing overseas and that's one of their major sectors mm-hmm. so they're seeing a lot a lot of headwinds on that front in FY23 expected um, they've got their Vegemite way well, I love the name Vegemite you might weigh their facility for sale (laughs) so 150 million could come onto the balance sheet from the sale of that they're looking to hopefully secure that in FY23 Um, the price isn't looking that good on the share price as we can see the chart there but I do like this stock the company is in a good position to benefit from the price hikes in two years so for me right now it's a hold um, with a price target of four dollars and five cents a share
0: right mate Then it got sold off in June like the entire Market did, but hasn't come back at all since then, has it?
2: No, um, this is a stock I want to like. Uh, it's just it's just on the wrong side of the cycle, in, right. in, even in a good sector. So food thematic, is massive. I think it's going to play out for a, long, a lot longer than what people think. Um, you, you're already seeing supply side issues. There's a lot of countries uh, limiting export of uh, input for the food product products. And for these guys, the biggest problem is the input costs. They've gone through the roof, uh, so the operational costs are high, and that's going to bite into their margins. Now, uh, we had the you know—the A2 Milk era where if you were a marketing company, you made an absolute bundle on margins, and Bigga was one of them. And now that's not the case. The guys who are actually making the products are making the money, uh, and people are trying to buy the supply chains. So in that context, the dynamics has changed. So the multiples that they, these guys used to attract is not probably there at the moment. Will their dynamics change back to the marketing companies? Um, I don't know. Time will tell. But at this point, I do like them for the brands that they own, but the way, where they are, in the, uh, I suppose, in the cycle, uh, they're going to continue to struggle. So I don't think you need to rush in, but it is one that I'm keeping an eye on. This is the one, like we were talking about before. It's in a multi-downgrade. Yep. So I'm waiting for that one good upgrade to come through. When that does happen, the stock will bounce. I don't care. That's the time to look at it. Okay. Right now, you're just trying to go against the tide. This is not a market to do that. Right. Okay.
0: All right. Mate uh, Robert wants a view on uh, Eagers, Australia's biggest automotive retailing group. They have a 10 per share, 10% share of new vehicle sales, they reckon. Uh, it's got everything, uh, vehicle sales, service, parts, the whole lot. Um, new vehicle sales are going up, aren't they? So are they going to benefit from this? Well, look, I think they will.
2: Um, I think management is really good. They benefit from even the uh, property values going up. So, uh, they're in the right places. It's a really well-run business. Um, the thematic is really good. Uh, the valuation is not extremely expensive, but are you going to see the massive growth in this business model? probably not but is it a good stable business model for the current market i think it is um, so it depends on what you're looking for if you're looking for someone who's solid stable delivering your decent yield um, and you know got good management this ticks all the boxes um, if you're going for the the big growth story it's probably not market already knows how good this is so you're not going to get the big recovery cycle or uh, new thematic that's going to come out but it's solid so if you want that solid play, I think it's a buy. If you're looking for the growth play, it's probably a hold. Okay. Grady?
1: Completely agree there. Being Australia's oldest listed automotive company, it is as Nathan said it's not a growth stock it's we know how good they are we know their history it's more a hold stock but it's a buy stock if you're looking for that history for that trust and reputation um car sales are going up but they are slowing down globally so they will benefit from the huge drive in sales but i think it's over the next few years it's anticipated to slow down ev is ev is set to go through the roof um and so it I think they need to shift their model a little bit to adapt to EV models. Um, and kind of focus on that segment of the market, the services, the software, kind of things like that. Um, but at the moment they're running smoothly. So I couldn't agree more with Nathan. It is definitely a buy rating for us um, and a price target of $15.50 a share currently at $12.85 a share. Okay, oh, yeah.
0: that's a good growth then.
1: Yes. Is it? yeah. So we're anticipating a little bit of growth over mm-hmm. the next few years.
0: And with the supply chain issues yes. being sorted out yes. uh, around the world. absolutely, we'll see more stock come in. All right, our next stock, um, which I'll kick off with you, Grady, because mm-hmm. I think I know what Nathan's opinion is. Um, <laughs> Sam, what's a view on Elders, the uh, the big ag group that's been put to me, Elders, is like uh, a listed investment company, an LIC for uh, the ag market. They do everything. Yes. From transport to real estate sales to financing to... Uh, Fertilisers, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah. They do everything. <laughs>
1: um, it's a hold rating for me. Right. Only because recent headwinds that we've seen in the inflation in prices and things like that are actually going to come into tailwinds. Uh, t- sorry, the tailwinds are coming into headwinds in the next right. quarter. Only because we've seen ag-chem markets, imports <coughs> of ag-chem volumes have slowed down in recent months. Active ingredient pricing has weakened. We've seen um, the high prices of the um, active, the higher livestock activity wool volumes fertilizer prices they're all looking to come down over the next financial year so at the moment the fact that they've been high for so long is looking to really impact this business over the next year with net profit mm-hmm. expecting to slide from a peak of 166 million to 121 million right. and the company is not expected to have free cash flow this year so right. at the moment it's a hold because um, how the strength and the um, tailwinds are looking to become headwinds soon okay
0: Yeah. Uh, Nathan, has your view changed on Elders?
2: (laughs) Uh, Does the sun come up in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, Elders is a great business. Um, It used I mean, look, about, I don't know, six years ago, it was a complete basket case. Uh, They have rebuilt it quite well. It's a diversified play on the agri sector. Uh, Red is right, inflation will affect them, as with everyone else. but. The regional Australia is doing a hell of a lot better than uh, the cities. So in context, they should hold up quite well. They can pass on the margin and hold it. Um, Analysts always forecast end of the agri sector. Um, I think this is the last three years. They said it's a peak every year and it's been peaking every time. So I'm more than happy to go against the analyst on this one again. Um, And I think with where the the weather is, uh, the agri sector should hold up quite well. Um, And, uh, you know, the food thematic still holds really well. I think the latest latest update from the IMF is basically warning that food prices are probably going to take another run up. So in that context, I think the the whole agri food thematic will do really well. And Elders is just an easy, safe way to play that. You still get a decent yield. Um, And where it is now, I think evaluation wise, it's got a decent support. Um, So for me, it's a good play. It's a thematic play. And I think it's a good play for the current market as well. So I think it's the best play we have in our market for the full thematic. So I'm right. a big buyer of uh, it.
0: You'd be a buyer at these levels as well. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, Do, it's a 40 and 50 dollar stock. Because, okay, with a lot of mining stocks, uh, you go, let's go into a pure play, rather than one, you know, everyone's saying that about mineral resources at the moment, you know, yes, lithium's going up. Want to be in lithium don't be in mineral resources because iron ore will be a drag but in the food thematic ag commodities it goes that you're going against that mathan saying that hey it's good to hold a basket because you can't quite pick which part of the ag sector is going to run or not
2: yeah but that's that's the beauty of elders uh we've got yeah. we've gone with things like elders uh, instig pivot and new farm for the food thematic simply because they play to all parts of the food thematic. So you don't have to pick which area is going to do well. They'll benefit from one of the areas doing well. Right. Uh, they clip the ticket. So Elders is basically like a, um, an agent in most of those areas. So they clip the ticket, price goes up, volumes go up. They do well. So in this context, I think they're going to be doing well for a number of years. And I think operationally, they're doing as well as, I mean, the last result was very solid. Every area was outperforming. So I don't see negative
0: till things go wrong. So at this point, everything's yeah, yeah. going well. We've got a mate who's just come back from uh, the country saying they had so much money out there yeah. in regional Australia. It is unbelievable, and with property prices go- <laughs> going up as well, usually it's just driven by the farmers, yeah. but it's property at the same time. No, they're amazing. Very good. Um, now Kenny wants a view. Uh, Grady on John Ling, of course, is the um, is the building company, but a building company with a difference. They mainly do insurance work, uh, remediation for insurance companies. And when you look outside today (laughs) and a bucketing down and warnings and more floods, you think, gee, is is this going to play into their their comfort zone really easily?
1: This company has quite a risk in a way in that they do, they capitalise on the, the natural natural disasters really and so obviously for that reason last year they had a record year and we saw the catastrophe response unit brought in uh, 164.8 million dollars in revenue so soared through the roof so they
0: they have an actual section called catastrophe. It's called
1: CAT. Wow, is one of their business units. Okay, yeah. So there's, right. there's four business, three business units: the CAT, the business as usual, insurance, building, and restoration services. Right. Okay. So CAT brought in the most amount of revenue last year, right. and so, but as we're saying, natural disasters you can't predict them so how can you then say yep it's going to soar next year like outlook's not a thing if that's what you're relying on. Um, The investment view is that well they've had record volume obviously over the last year we've seen floods droughts fires everywhere so they have done really well they're in growth mode and expansion mode they've just acquired uh, US insurance repairs provider reconstruction holdings for 144 million US dollars Mm -hmm. going global which is great but their cash is only (coughs) 21.1 million in Nine. the bank as at the end of FY22 so there's not enough money in the bank to fund what they want to do and what they're looking to do so i think it, at the moment it's a hold rating for me right. but it's a watch and wait as we know global so they could
0: change. go to the market for a raise yes raise, for the u.s acquisition exactly yes
1: okay.
0: yeah um Nathan, what do you think of john's Ling? it is it's an interesting business isn't it and when well, well, we had the Bureau of Meteorology on uh, on sunrise yesterday, saying just this rain is going to stay with us all summer, which was scaring the pants off of people who who went through the floods this time last year.
2: Yeah, I mean, John Lin is a really interesting company. This mm. used to be a massive market darling. I mean, every small cap fundy had it. Everyone was reverse broking it. Um, and everyone's still holding it um, it's done really well what I liked about them at the start of the story and this is you know sub $1 uh, friends of mine were telling me to buy it because they were basically saying look we were telling the guy why don't you go raise money and buy uh, other businesses and grow fast he didn't want to he wanted to do it organically and he did a really good job on the back of that the problem is now he's raising money and he's buying competitors and he's growing Now, the trick here is they are very well run. Um, I don't have an issue with, um, I suppose, what the natural disasters are going to be, because you're right, I think we're gonna see more of it with what's happening with climate change, whether you believe it or not. It's, you know, we're having one in a 100 year flood every year, so go figure. Um, So in that context, we're going to have more and more of it. But the biggest one, I think, for me, is what they're doing in the U.S., as Grady said. Um, If they're going to U.S. and willing to do this, and they don't see a huge uh, issue competing there, I don't see a massive competitive advantage. I don't think there's going to be competitors going to potentially come here or they're going to struggle to do it there. I want to see them execute because this is a big play. They'll probably have to raise more money. Uh, They'll still have to execute really well. If they can't do that, I think they're going to struggle. So for me, it's it's a bit of a risk return here and everyone is long. Every small cap fund manager loves this and they're in it. So the risk is you get a crowd trade when they get a downgrade. It mm-hmm. hasn't done as well. Cost, uh, cost inflation is hitting. The sector is under pressure, hard to get labor. So everything is going up for them in costs. Um, and so I don't think their margins are going to look great. And they're expanding at this time of the cycle. So the risk is high. So this is an interesting stock, former market darling. I think things are getting tougher. I don't want to be the guy who goes in late to the cycle and pay for other people to get out. Yeah. So I'm going to keep an eye on this. Um, I want to see how they execute in the US. If they get that right, then I think that it's back on. If they don't, it's good to be not in there.
0: Okay, so not for you at the moment. And how do you how do you assess that? You're saying, you know, you've got mates that uh, were going at the executives for years, expand overseas, They they did it organically here in Australia, did a great job. Now they take the leap overseas. How do you judge whether they've got the skills internally to do that?
2: Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, and we don't have a really good track record in Australia doing that to start with. So you start with a negative view uh, yeah. and then you look at what's their competitive advantage, what's their moat, And in this one, I don't think so. And right. you look at, you know, the, who's the biggest and the best construction guy in the US uh, listed here? James Hardy, and that's struggling. So. If wow. you're thinking uh, you, you want to be better than James Hardy, mm, maybe not. Uh, so in that context, I look at the best guys. If the best guys are struggling, you're going to have a tough time. It doesn't mean you can't do it. I just think that if you're going to go there and expect to be successful straight away, that's not a uh, you know, proven track record. I think people struggle straight away, and then they start to run. So at this point, I'm going with, the I suppose, cautious view and see how they go so at this point when people change their models john lynn is not now what it is two years ago so you right. have to take that into perspective and then look at the risk return on that okay
0: all right uh and next stock, let's go back to uh the resources area and frank make them want to view on oz minerals the big uh uh copper and gold producer a bit of nickel as well here and in Brazil caught the attention of, uh, of BHP? Yeah,
2: look, I mean, look, Osmeros is probably the best uh, copper uh, play in our market, pure copper play. Um, it's got a bid from BHP, um, take your money and run. Um, the reality is, we are in a global recession cycle. Copper hasn't performed as well, um, it's come off. I know everyone gets excited about the markets, but Look, no matter what metal that you're pushing for the growth story, if copper is not running, the rest doesn't matter. Um, So copper is actually underperforming. It's actually underperforming gold. That tells you where we are in the cycle. So if we are going to see um, weaker global growth, which looks almost certain, um, and everyone's downgrading on a daily basis, in that aspect, copper struggles. Now, why is BHP bidding? They have a competitive advantage in particular assets that Oz Mineral have. And so BHP is willing to pay the price that other people won't be able to pay. So I don't see another person coming in and bidding over the top and BHP knows that. And so they can wait the, wait the playing game and watch uh, copper prices weaken and, and then you know make their bid look better for themselves. So in that context, I think the bid is a good bid. I take the money. If the bid is taken off the table, then I suspect the share price is going to come back high. So, no, I wouldn't take that risk. Yeah, so... If you're, don't, new,
0: if you're new money, I wouldn't jump into Osmond. Yeah, yeah. So don't nickel and dime at the top. Uh, just get the certainty, cash in the bank, boom, you're away. Grady?
1: I'm the same. I'm a hold rating on this one. As we said, copper is down 14% year to date. Right. And... Well, no, year on year, sorry. And we just don't... They're not proving enough for us. The, their results fell short of Bell Potter's expectations. They aren't showing enough um, initiative really on that front. They've got the difficult first half conditions to, due to production and costs impacted by rising energy prices, COVID impacted um, operations, absenteeism, major weather events in South Australia, the list goes on. And with the fact that they're trying to be a standalone modern minerals company, but they're underperforming in their re- yep. in their balance sheet and all of their financial financial operations, how can you then say no to BHP, who's a massive player, big, world's biggest miner? So yeah. I think we're a watch and wait to see what the revised offer is from BHP, whether they watch and wait, whether they come back with a bigger offer, mm-hmm. um, as Nathan said. <laughs> so I think the long-term opportunity, yeah, it's like the long-term opportunity is there, but it's a watch and wait to see what happens on the BHP front.
0: Okay. So you'll hold out. I'll hold out. Rather than take your money and run now. What's a, yeah. what's a, the BHP... Bit. is it close to it's this tw- it's
1: lower it's 25 a share
0: <coughs> okay yeah all right
1: worth 5.8 billion us right. 8.4 okay. australian
0: all right let's recap the uh, first five stocks appen is um a no from Nathan, a hold from grady but but Nathan's saying look if you've run it all the way down you're probably scarred by it and you're married <laughs> to it by now so you know probably hold as well <laughs> Uh, Bega is a hold from Grady. It's on Nathan's watch list, but not quite yet. Um, Eager's the big automotive supplier. Um, a hold if you want a growth stock, a buy if you want something more conservative um, and just a conservative part. Foundation stock in your portfolio, if you like, from both Grady and Nathan. Elders, a buy from uh, from Nathan. a hold from Grady. Uh, John Ling, a no from Nathan. a hold from Grady and Aus Minerals uh, sell from, uh, from Nathan, take your money and run, uh, from Bill Potter, hold on to see uh, what BHP does next. Uh, here at the call, we uh, have, are tracking our own high conviction uh, fantasy growth fund as picked by the investment committee. The latest episode is up live on the platform now. The committee meeting on osbiz.com, let's check the portfolio. Um, heading into October, Ardent Ledger was removed. It's done its job. Uh, Corp was trimmed to add Sol Patterson, WH Sol Patterson, Washington H Sol Patterson into the portfolio. Insitec Pivot was trimmed as well. Seek was added to the portfolio with its weighting funded by Ardent Ledger and the Incitech Pivot trim back. Uh, so let's see how the portfolio is performing. And uh, since the 1st of March on a cumulative return, it is up 2.5%. So keep sending in your requests here to the call because um, the um, adjudication here on the call is the first filter of stocks that get recommended up to the Investment Committee. Yep, join us uh, tomorrow afternoon to see out the trading week as we, we grab a beverage and, um, and chat gossip Analyze the market and the economy for the week. I'll just look at the rundown and the uh, guess that we've got tomorrow night. By me, I think we'll have to go late. We've got uh, an incredible group of people that uh, with a lot to talk about about what's been happening in the economy and the markets this week. So join us there. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have
2: changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience,
0: like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Assets. consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for the CMC Pro accounts at our website. Uh, this half hour, we're going to be taking a look at Whitehaven, Regis, Star Farmer, Temple and Webster, and United Malt. Grady, first up, Jack, what's of view on Whitehaven? The yeah. thermal coal yeah. pure play has gone through 10 bucks this morning. It's got to 10.50. <laughs> oh, it's incredible.
1: This is honestly the stock I hate seeing every day because I just think, why didn't I I buy in? (laughs) Why didn't I buy in? (laughs) Every day I'm like, you silly girl. (laughs) I wanted to buy in, didn't think about it and then sure enough it's going through the roof. But 248% year to date. If you're in the markets game, and you're in this stock, you've won the markets, you've absolutely won. I love this stock, I regret not buying it. It's, um, they're benefiting from the energy crisis that no one predicted, but, Good on them for capitalising on it. Uh, they're in the right space at the right time. They have extraordinary cash flow, 1.4 billion dollars added in the June quarter. They're just going from strength to strength. They've listed their production expectations. Return on equity is currently at 46% and expected to remain that for 2023. This company, in my view, can do no wrong.
0: Okay. So what but do it's you do? It is a buy rating. It is a buy, one, is a buy even at these levels.
1: Because it's going to keep going. The right. energy crisis is just getting okay. worse, isn't it?
0: Good. Good to hear. All right, Nathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you go. You gotta have. You gotta have to admit it. Gaurav got it right right from the very start, didn't he? Uh, not even if you hold a gun to me, I'm gonna accept that. Um, <laughs> Gaurav's said he for an intelligent investor. Uh, He's you so right. overweight. Coal for about a year.
2: I mean, that's that's insane. But well done to him. Um, but look. <laughs> it's it's a thematic that we thought would play out in the energy sector didn't think it was going to be purely coal and it hasn't but coal has been the big improver because of all the structural problems around the world Uh, they've had to revert back to the the basic uh, i suppose basic energy needs Uh, and this is the problem uh, we've spoken about before when you've got food energy and housing um, and healthcare, they're the four key areas uh, that you cannot uh, choose as discretionary spending. So you have to spend on those. So it doesn't matter how much it costs. And when supply sides affect you, you end up that that's where the sticky inflation comes from. And that's massive inflation. And what's happened in in the, in the last 24 hours is OPEC has come out and said, they, well, they're going to cut over 2 million barrels of oil per day from supply. What they're saying is we're going into a recession. And this is the beauty of uh, global, um, I guess, Um, politics is that everyone wants to work together as long as it's in their self-interest but when you get a global recession you throw everyone else under the bus and you do what's good for you and OPEC has done exactly what I thought they would do they've cut supply and I think they'll keep cutting supply because most of them need the oil price to be around the 90 to 100 bucks to you know to not get rolled over by some uh, uprising so in that context It's going to happen and oil prices going up. Energy prices are probably going to do another cycle higher. Inflation is going to probably pick up. So all parts of the energy sector are going to do well. Uranium is doing well. Coal is doing well. LNG is doing well. Oil is doing well. So if you're in any of the energy sector, you've done well. And obviously with coal, you've got a reverse lottery. There's a high risk that you don't have a business model in 10 years time. But in the short term, you're going to be minting because no one else is going to build a new coal mine, the supply is not coming. So the more the demand comes in, the higher the price goes. So yeah, do I know where it's gonna go? No. Do I wanna buy it here? No. If you're there, Mm -hmm. I'd say do the smart thing. The thematic is the energy sector. So rotate within the energy sector. If Whitehaven keeps going up, sell a bit of it and buy some uranium, buy some LNG, buy some um, oil. And that way, you're keeping the same thematic, you're diversified. If something happens and coal falls off the cliff, you're not gonna get hammered. So it's just in this kind of market, you need to manage risk. And for me, the thematic in the energy sector is solid. Whitehaven is doing as well as it's, look, you could have hold a new hope as well. It's done exactly the same thing, it's yeah. gone to the moon. So um, the whole idea is the thematic is playing through the sector. You've done well because you've been there. Then, you know, lock in your profit gradually because you don't know where the peak is and gradually move into the other parts of the energy sector and diversify and lock in your profit for the longer term.
0: So you, you've got Whitehaven as a sell?
2: I would be reducing Whitehaven. I wouldn't sell the whole thing. I'd be reducing gradually. We, you know, we've talked about it for the uranium side. We like Boss. In the oil side, we like Karoon. Um, And if you're looking at the LNG side, you're probably looking at Woodside as the safe play. So, you know, you gradually move from one to the other, Whichever, whichever is outperforming, commodities outperforming too much. You make sure you take some off and put it in the others because, you know, when one of them outperforms the others too much, eventually it comes back to normality.
0: Okay. so what you'd be saying if you've written this up, sell a third. Sell a there, put it into the others. Well, you can
2: put some into the LNG, some into the oil, some into the uranium, and you balance yourself out. Right,
0: okay. All right, good advice. All right, uh, our next stock, uh, Grady. Um, Andrew wants a view on Regis. The uh, um, They provide residential care, health care for uh, elderly.
1: Regis Resources.
0: Oh. Is that? Oh. What it? Are... What have, we, what have you got, mate? Have you got Regis Resources? Yeah. Ah. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, I've got the wrong one. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, is, no. There's, Regis, there's, Re- Regis, Regis Resources. Regis Resources. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we have a buy rating on this one right. um, we expect them to deliver increased free cash flows over the next few years um, gold miners have struggled this year riding the wave seesaw of the gold commodity price right. but at the moment their results were ahead of our expectations which leads us to believe the underlying results were pretty strong in FY22 um, we look at uh, we're looking at higher production over the next few year but lower capital cost is also looking pretty good on the FY23 front so for us it's a buy rating with an upgraded price target because we know oh. gold is quite low at the right. moment, the commodity right. itself. So we're looking for it to go up to around $2.70 a share from two sixty four.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Nathan, you're a bit of a gold bug. I noticed on Twitter yesterday you were having, uh, who's it with who was questioning you on um, on gold? <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, uh, you got to love Twitter everyone you know everyone has a view yeah. uh, so that's the beauty it was twitter, with so. carl was it? you and carl capalinga yeah. were having yeah, a, yeah. a discussion mean, see that that look, is the beauty of twitter and um particularly when you follow these guys Nathan and carl and gary um novak um all in good fun but they challenge each other which is terrific
2: yeah look i mean i think that the one thing I have learned with Twitter over the last year and a half um, is that you learn a lot of things that you probably don't pay attention to, yeah. um, because you're looking at guys doing different things around the world, um, and, you know, there's as with anything, um, there's a lot of hype, there's a lot of pump, but there's a lot of interesting stuff as well. Yeah. Regis is basically underperformed with all the gold stocks, um, but the interest is, as Grady said, the spot gold in Aussie dollar is 26.50. So in theory, it hasn't done badly at all. It's actually done quite well. Um, Some of the problem is some of the miners hedge their books so they don't benefit completely. But in in reality, most of the Aussie gold miners are doing quite well. Yes, the costs are higher. So is for most miners. Uh, So is for everyone actually. Uh, But in that context for these guys, the falling Aussie dollar is actually improving their margin. And I think there's a real risk that Aussie dollar goes even lower. So in that context, Mm. um, gold will do quite well. The biggest game here is where do we see in the short term or in the medium term what's going to happen to the US dollar and the bond yields? Uh, We may have seen the peak in the bond yields. Um, It's bouncing back again, but I I don't think it'll go too far because any kind of uncertainty, people tend to jump to the bond market for safety and that'll bring down the yield. Now the u.s dollar has been the wrecker of all asset prices in recent years um, and the question would be is that reaching its peak it will be interesting to see what happens with the fed everyone's betting on a fed pivot um, i don't think that's coming um, we knew rba was going to pivot that that was in the data uh, but the fed i don't think is going to pivot because if they do pivot then the u.s dollar comes off hard and they get more inflation now with oil prices running up i don't think the fed's going to move so in that context I think US dollar hauls. Now, when the market starts to worry about the US recession, we think that almost, you know, we're talking really high probability that Europe and UK go into recession. Now, if they do, eventually, because of the substantial part of the consumer base, US will get into trouble. So if US goes towards recession, low growth, or even stagflation, then the US dollar will start to roll over, and that's the kicker for the gold price. Mm. So if gold price starts to move, then all the Aussie gold miners will run like they're on steroids. So in that context, at the moment, they're seriously undervalued. They're probably one of the most mispriced, deep value plays in the resource That's sector. It's waiting for the US dollar turnaround.
0: So is, is Regis a stock you play in that market? Yeah, we're playing.
2: Look, if, you, if you're looking for the best, Northern Star, uh, Evolution, then you go down the order, Silver Lake, Regis, then you go to Gold Road. Uh, West These are the ones that we've been looking through. And it's one of the one of the ones I would be buying in our basket uh, to play the cycle in the next 12 months.
0: Oh, okay. All right. That's interesting. Uh, maybe a sector the market has forgotten. Um, next one, Ted wants a view method on Star Pharma, the, uh, the pharmaceutical group. Got VivaGel and Viralese, the uh, the nasal spray. That's two key of products
2: yeah look uh, it's one that i followed for a long time um it's 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 one where you know biotechs they take a long time to get into the story the the whole covid brought the biotech um, sector to the forefront Um, a lot of them had huge runs now that we are post that um, there is a a real slowdown in the biotech space and the problem here is (coughs) biotechs offer you similar risk return as miners So when commodity prices are hot, people don't want to take the risk in biotechs. Um, You know, it's pretty similar risk return. It's pretty high risk and high return. Uh, But people tend to gravitate to sectors. So the problem where we are now is we are in an inflation cycle. So commodities are the main play. So while commodities are in fashion, biotechs are not going to get the love. Star Farmer has done okay. They've got a cash flow. They tried to position themselves to benefit from the COVID play then that was a bit too late and that's kind of rolled over and it's one of those ones where you need to wait for the right thematic to play into for these guys and right now i don't know how they sell themselves so i don't see the big kicker in it it is one biotech stock that i do like because they have a, a platform to deliver a mechanism so they can always get that into a different a drug or a different treatment So that's the upside for them. But at the moment, I don't think what they have is going to get you a, a decent return. So I'm not jumping in, but it's one that I'm keeping an eye on because I think it has the potential when something else turns up to take advantage.
0: Okay. And Grady, these sorts of stocks are all driven on the story, aren't they? They
1: are You've driven on the story. You've got to have a story. You have to have a story. You have to have a background and a point of difference. Yeah. And we know healthcare stocks are kind of past their momentum right now in this current market environment. Um, but this is one I really like. Um, I, we have a speculative buy rating on them okay. because at the moment, it's been a long wait for investors, For first of all. They've been running since 1996. So investors are waiting for that one big story kicker. But They have three over-the-counter products, but no FDA, TGA, EMA approval, nothing. So we're waiting for that approval to come through for this company to run. At the moment, they're at loggerheads though with the, the TGA because they've submitted for the Viralis product to be an over, a prescription product right. uh, and get approval, but they put the application in the wrong category. So the TGA have come back and said, no, nope, we're rejecting it. And then there's a lot of conflict there at the moment. So until that, until they get approval, we can't see this becoming a over-prescribed drug anytime soon. Right. But I do like that they're focusing on dendromers, which is, I had to look this up, it's yeah. like a little tree branch um, with a core cell in the middle, and it helps improve the half-life of many drugs. As we know, a lot of doctors are over, over-prescribing drugs at the moment. There's a lot of stories around that. So prescribing half the amount of drugs, and, mm-hmm. Targeting lots of different things, so infections, antibodies, a lot of different things. They could be onto something big, but as right. I said, it's a watch and wait okay. until they get to this big story.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, arguing with the regulator doesn't really get, doesn't you, far. get you very generally, far. generally does, it? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, you don't fast track anything when you argue with the regulator. No,
1: absolutely
0: not. Uh, uh, Grady Norma, Norma wants a view on Temple and Webster. Um, Earlier we were talking about Darlings of the Market, Temple and Webster certainly were the online um, home furnishings business.
1: They are, they are a leader in their sector. Um, I'm a hold on this at the moment because I've seen over the last year and the pandemic, a lot of people buying furniture and not getting furniture for eight weeks, eight months. Yeah. It's just blown out of proportion. Supply chain issues. I've <laughs> ravaged this market.
0: And that that's the Nick Scully model. It is the Nick Scully model. Nick <laughs> Buy and we'll get it, it built. <laughs> it,
1: yeah, and... You can't get it built for a year is what they failed to put in the fine print down the bottom. So I think at the moment they are the leader in the Australian furniture and homewares online sector. Everyone is moving to online shopping, so that's one positive for them. They are trading at 20 times enterprise value to earnings ratio, which is really high for the retail sector, given the average is 14.6. Investors are expecting a lot from this company, but I don't see how they can grow that far because they, we know what they do, their furniture, online retail sales. Yeah. So, and with interest rates rising, a lot of people are cutting their spending on homewares, housewares, because yeah. they've made those big those big purchases during COVID. So I don't see much growth potential here. Um, and we also, we've seen their COVID, um, their COVID profits have peaked. Mm. So I, I don't, for us, it's a hold rating, and no. but not a buy, definitely okay. not a
0: buy. Nathan, what do you think of Temple and Webster?
2: Uh, let me start by going on a rant about RBA um, stuff, you know if, if you're going to look at a by, you know, I suppose a cycle and how you can stuff it up. Yeah, RBA has done a good job um, So you pumped the property bubble way out of range and then right at the end you came up with this classic No rate hike still 2024 mm-hmm. and suck in the last bit of optimism and then you dumped on that and so the property market right now is do going through the slow motion train wreck. Um, is that going to collapse? No, uh, because people just don't sell in a bad market. Um, so you get, you'll get, you get your downside, probably 10 to 15 percent per year for a few years. So that's going to weigh on the property sector. When it plays on the property sector, it flows onto these retailers that benefit from it. Temple and Webster, a massive beneficiary of people stuck at home. Uh, when they have that uh, you know hostage syndrome and you're buying things because you're just staring at the same couch I, I wish I had a new couch mm-hmm. and we've done that uh, I don't think you're going to buy another couch um, if you are go see a doctor um, so if you are buying too many couches that's going to be a tough sector to sell so I think template website will struggle you've got to look at the multiples of and earnings where they were pre covid to look at where we're probably headed um, and the multiple grade is right the multiple is too high um, you're paying I mean Look, this is not CSL. You're not buying a growth story. This is a cyclical stock. So don't buy cyclical stocks when the cycle is turning down. Um, no, this is a sell.
0: OK. Uh, sell so for you on this. Just on the RBA theme, were you happy they only went a quarter percent?
2: No, but I knew they were going to do 25 basis point And my view is they're going to be doing 25 basis point from here. Um, all they've done is they've extended the cycle that they have to raise for rather than go hard, get it done, and then move on. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really, I mean, I, I'm not sure how it helps the sector. Even if you're a property bull, um, you have prolonged hike cycle is worse than just getting smacked and then move on.
0: All right, okay. All right, our final stock, uh, Steve wants a view Grady on United Malt, <coughs> excuse me, the world's fourth largest malster yeah. Uh, 13 processing plants, Canada, US, Australia, UK, spun out of Grain Corp. Its Managing Director and Chief Executive um, announced his retirement today uh, oh. for next year as well.
1: Well, what's that doing for the share price? I'd love to well, know. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, I'll Liking look it
1: up. Yep. Um, no, for us, it's a buy rating. Um, we have seen the issues that they faced last year. Barley quality was down... Um, over the last year and energy co- unrecovered energy cost inflation doubled to eight million. So those are some uh, headwinds that were faced in FY22, but we only see them as cyclical. They're not structural issues with the company. So we see them as being recovered in FY23. And over time, I do think this company is a really good one to watch and to get into only because it's the fourth largest commercial maker of Maltster globally. And we yep. know these ingredients are required for beer. Australian beer is only going through the roof. Beer consumption yep. is set to continue rising. A lot of the companies are delving into beer lately and we've seen a lot of breweries popping up. We need this as a key ingredient. So I think this is one one to watch and buy into at the moment.
0: Okay. Matham, uh, what do you think of United Malt? It's in your thematic?
2: Well, I want to support the fellow Aussies as beer drinkers. Uh, this should <laughs> be doing better than what it is. Uh, it should be doing a hell of a lot better than what it is, but Grady is right. Uh, the barley quality hit them, cost of business has gone up, uh, input costs are going through the roof, and that's hurt them. The problem I've got here is I, I actually like the thematic of something getting spun off because usually the, the bad business that gets spun out outperforms the parent. Uh, grain crop is shooting the lights out, um, and this one should be doing better. Uh, but it's just that at this point in the cycle uh, I'm looking at it going what are you buying it for it's not a growth story the yield is relatively low given where we are with the bond yields so that's where for me it doesn't make sense but it's a royalty play right so it's a yield play it's a defensive play so there are other businesses that offer similar kind of play because of the scale of the business it would make it uh, interesting for them to acquire so there's always an M&A play if it gets cheap enough Um, But it's just a bit, for me, you know, you're trying to pick 15, 20 stocks out of 2,000, 3,000 stocks. This doesn't stack up for me as a growth stock. doesn't stack up for me as a yield stock. Um, It's not so defensive, given it's underperforming. It's in a downgrade cycle. It's just, yeah, I want to like it, but give me a reason to like it. At this point, I don't see a reason to like it. So it is one that, it's a bit like Viga for me. I want to like it, but it's not there yet, so I'm keeping an eye on it.
0: But, um, yeah, okay. not right now. Not, not for you at the moment. Nathan and great to see you, mate. Thank you for joining us from Big Data Analytics. Follow Nathan on uh, Twitter because not only do you get the uh, updates, but you get, at the end of the day, a calming post as well, <laughs> which just means a bit of zen at the end of a hurly-burly day. All right, mate, good to see you. Nice talking to uh, you. Grady Wolf from uh, Bell. Thanks for joining us Thanks as well. Thanks to having you. All right. Let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Whitehaven Coal. Uh, a buy from Grady and, and Bell. Um, Nathan is saying if you if you you've run this up, sell a third, switch into some of the other energy staples uh, like Boss, the Uranium Group, uh, Caroon for oil, Woodside for, uh, for LNG. Uh, Regis Resources, a, uh, a buy from both. Um, uh, Nathan thinks sort of gold stocks are really undervalued at the moment. Um, Regis is in his basket that he would be investing in at the moment, along with the likes of Northern Star and Gold Road, Silver Lake. Um, Star Farmer a speculative buy from Bell, uh, a no from Nathan Temple and Webster, a hold from Grady, uh, a sell from Nathan and United Malt a buy from gradient bill and a no from Mathem. Um, thank you for joining us today. If you've got any stocks you'd like us to uh, to run through, uh, put them in an email to me at the call at osbiz.com.au. Coming up next on the small caps, Nib Dagan from Peak Asset Management talks US bond rates and lithium. Uh, plus straight from the stock exchange, Jamie Coynehan, Uh, tells us uh, why to invest in Bridge SAS Limited, which just listed on the ASX. Uh, So it's a big show ahead. Stick around for that. The Call is brought to you by CMC Markets, a world-leading online trading platform for CFDs